I'm in my husband's recording booth because I thought it would give better sound quality for you guys. And it's out in our garage, which means it's 7,000 degrees. Like, it's already, it's already almost 90 outside. And so in here is ridiculous. It's okay. I'm good. Like as long as I've got, I mean, I'm drinking piping hot coffee in the midst of the (laughs) sweat, but I'm kind of glad you can't see me. Like it's it's good that you just leave me off the, off the video screen. Are you, are you like, you're, you're in like a sweat lodge. <laughs> I never am. If you start seeing visions, you have to tell us. Like, <laughs> oh, I will. It's a detox. Oh my gosh, I could come up with something amazing while I'm in here. We don't know. <laughs> Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hi, Kara. Hey, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm excited. You know why I'm excited? You know why I'm excited, right? I know why you're excited. (laughs) We found out this week that we're ranked number nine in education on iTunes, which is bananas, right? It is bananas. (laughs) Totally bananas. (laughs) But we wanted to take just a second to say thank you to everyone because um, it's it's really fun and we've been having so much fun doing it and we're grateful for the good questions and it's just, it's been great. So to get like all these people listening, we're kind of shocked, but we're really happy, right? We're so thankful. It's just incredible and unbelievable and wonderful. And yeah. thank you all. And we also noticed that there's so many nice comments and people are leaving ratings, which helps other people to find us. So thank you for that too. Thank you to all the people who have commented and left ratings. And if you really want to help us out and spread the word, you can do that too. Um, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So now on with the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited about this one. I know. I am too. So excited. We're talking to one of our very favorite people, one of our shared favorite people, Shauna Wingert from Not the Former Things. (laughs) She's the best. (laughs) She is. And I'm so excited because I feel like I know her already, but I've never actually spoken to her. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, Very exciting. And we've gotten quite a few questions about the same general topic. And when we were reading through them, we thought, um, we know the perfect person to talk about this. Because we have, we hear from people that say, you know, um, in different ways, but what what they're getting to is that their homeschooling can exactly look like the homeschool next door, you know, or the family co-op or the family at church or whoever um or even the families that you read about online a lot and and that's hard feeling like you know you're different than other families so um we knew the perfect person to talk to about that shauna (laughs) yeah so um we're gonna call her up in just a minute first um a li- just a little bit about her. She's a writer and speaker. She's a mama to two boys, um, and she's written two books that are both so good. They're available on Amazon, um, Everyday Autism and Special Education at Home. And she writes about these kinds of topics um, 
frequently. I mean, she's got so many good posts. We were <laughs> listing them this morning, all the posts that we want to share with people and make sure they read. Um, so, uh, you know, basically, whether your child has special needs or if you're just kind of struggling with that feeling that your family needs to do things a little bit differently, Shauna is so supportive and her words are so comforting. So, you guys are going to want to read the show notes on this one because yeah. she has heaps of posts and they're not <laughs> just about, and she's everywhere. She's on Huffington Post and for every mom and the mighty, like she's, in, she's just incredible. And she doesn't just write about special needs, but she writes about everything. I think any mother could relate to her because she's honest and open and um, she's written about chronic illness and um, single parenting and stay-at-home moms and step family. So, I mean, there's really something there for everyone with Shauna, which is what makes her so special and why I'm so excited to talk to her. Yes, absolutely. So should we call her? We should. Okay, let's call her. Hey, Shauna. Hi, Shauna. Hey, guys. How are you? I am doing very well this morning. How are you guys? We're excited to talk to you. Super excited. So happy to talk to you. Well, I am excited to be here for sure. We've been wanting to talk with you since we started. We, we've just been. Because <laughs> we just know you're going to like, help so many moms feel so much. Just bring them some comfort and a big warm hug. And, and we all need that, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I am thrilled to be here. I hope to do exactly that. Oh, good, good. Um, well, can you just give everybody a little bit of um, an introduction, a little bit of a background about you and your family and where you write and what you write and all that kind of good stuff? Sure. Well, I am married to a man named Nick. He is a voice actor in Southern California. He does the voices on a lot of the uh, cartoons that we try and keep our kids from watching. So I have to apologize up front <laughs> to all the moms that are listening right now. But we we love us some Doc McStuffins around here, let me tell you. Um, he is actually my children's stepfather. We've been married for um, almost six years now. And he's the reason why we homeschool. He's the one that had the heart for it first, which is pretty funny considering, um, um, how our life goes now. I'm the one that's, that's all up into the homeschool business and, and adore it. But at first he was the one that said, this is probably something we should consider. And I'm that's very so grateful. Great. Yeah. It's, it's unusual, right? I think a lot of moms that I've talked to you feel like they kind of had to get their husband on board. Um, but for, in our instance, like I had an inkling that I might like to do it, but he was the one that, that pulled the trigger. He was the one that said, this is, this is where I think we need to go. So I love that man. I'm grateful for him. We definitely wouldn't have the life that we have without him. That's for sure. And then, um, I have two great boys. My oldest is, uh, 13 years old and and is wicked smart and all into all sorts of things, reptiles, computer builds, you name it, he's an expert in it. He, um, you know, my first baby taught me a lot. I think it does for all of us. And he's, he's the one that made me a mom. So I have a special place in my heart for him uh, because of that, for sure. He has um, just a variety of circumstances that make for some learning differences that are a big part of why I do what I do and why I write what I write. 
He is on the autism spectrum. He has generalized anxiety disorder and um, some pretty extreme sensory processing differences. And then we also just found out in the past year that he has some chronic autoimmune illnesses. So he has something called Sjogren's syndrome and uh, lupus, both of which they kind of come and go, but they cause extreme fatigue and a lot of joint pain and just just things that also uh, definitely cause some differences in the way that we approach our day to day life. Um, and and he's doing really well right now. So I'm in I'm in a really good place as I'm talking about him. I'm smiling because. Uh, yesterday we were at a reptile super show and he didn't need a wheelchair or anything. He just got up and walked around and ran around to all the different things that I don't want in my house. So <laughs> we love him. I loved the photo. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It was, yeah. It's, you know, do you ever have those moments where you're like, how did I get here? That every, every time we go to something like that, I'm like, this is so out of my comfort zone. And that's, that's, you know, that's the good thing about having kids. I think they do that to us. And I certainly don't want to leave out my youngest guy. Oh my gosh, my baby is not a baby anymore, but he's still my baby. (laughs) He probably always will be. He is 10 years old and we found out um, probably a year after uh, we found out my oldest diagnosis that he is profoundly dyslexic and has some processing issues that just... um, make the way that he takes in information slower, or at least it appears slower to us in terms of how he is um, thinking about things and then how he is able to communicate about things. And um, he also was just recently diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And my little guy's having a very tough time right now. We're actually heading into um, some pretty significant testing and evaluations next week for um, any number of things related to attention and mood disorders and that kind of thing. So we have we have an awful lot going on here. I will say my youngest, what's interesting is that he he's completely the opposite of his older brother. So I gave you the spiel about reptiles and computers with his older brother. My youngest is the one who is athletic and wants to climb on everything. And, um, you know, although my, my oldest is super intellectual and will often like, uh, you know, be the professor in the living room telling us all the things that he knows. My youngest is really sweet and empathetic and very concerned. When he heard about the foster care program, he was like, how many people can we bring into our home? I mean, and, and of course I'm like, we've got a lot going on here, son. Like, <laughs> sure we're good, but he just has, um, just such a sweet, intuitive heart. And I, I, I adore that about him. And I want to foster that as much as possible, which is, which is one of the reasons why he's home. It's one of the reasons why he's never actually been in a classroom with the exception of some preschool years. So, oh, fantastic. Um, you know, you were talking about the reptile show, and we saw the pictures <laughs> yesterday, and the, the sweet pictures of you and your son. And it's it's funny because Kate and I were saying, you know, sometimes when you're a parent, you end up in these situations, like you said, where you're like, what? How am I at a reptile <laughs> show? Um, but something that I admire about you so much is, you know, the way that you meet your boys where they are like Mm -hmm. you know you talk about doing you know math on the trampoline and you know (laughs) um finding ways to meet your kids learning differences and 
you know, just kind of still jump right in. And I just, I love mm -hmm. it. So I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about some, some of the ways that you homeschool that maybe look a little bit different than um, what you might see on, you know, all the <laughs> Pinterest and Instagram and, you know, all the blogs out there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. That's sweet. Um, I will, I will say this. I'm not sure that there's any way that we homeschooled that looks like Pinterest. <laughs> Just gonna, I don't, I, it would probably be easier for me to list all the ways that we traditionally homeschool. Cause I can't not think of one at this point, but that's why um, we wanted to on here. Right. <laughs> I'm kind of, life, but it's so perfect. Yeah. Thanks. Perfect. So a couple of things before I get into like the list of the things that we do, one of the things that I that I did as a job before I had children, which I think uniquely prepared me for this, is although I, believe it or not, I went to school to be a special education teacher, which is outrageous because here I am being my own little special education teacher. But when I started doing my student teaching, I realized there is no way that I can meet all the needs of this classroom. And I kind of just said, absolutely not. Like I can't do it. And I ended up going into um, adult learning and development and working with companies to come up with employee training programs that found the talent in you know particular employees, particularly ones that were on management tracks and that they had identified as sort of moving forward in their business and that they wanted to really cultivate. And all of those programs were based on scientific data that had come from Gallup about how you help someone learn and bring out their greatest potential. And most of the data is that you focus on strengths and you individualize the approach to those strengths. And so I spent 10 years doing that in a corporate capacity. And then when I came home, it was just sort of a logical next step for me to um, to do that. In fact, when my oldest was in school, I can remember having this huge sort of internal struggle between how much time we were spending on the things that he's not naturally good at, like math, instead of the things that he was way above grade level in, like reading and science. And so um, that was one of the reasons for homeschooling. That was, that was one of the reasons why we made the decision to do it was because we felt like I could take what I had already been doing and now apply it to these kids. And so if you look at the way that that looks on a daily basis, it's completely bonkers. Like I, there's, <laughs> there are so many pictures on Instagram and Facebook of us doing the craziest things but that's the that's the heart behind it and that's actually the science behind it there's there's an intent here beyond just um well he likes to be on the trampoline so I think we'll be on the trampoline not that there's anything wrong with that I actually think that's fantastic but uh, my hope is that it pays off my hope and, and kind of what we're seeing now is that that investment and in how they individually learn will ultimately make them um, will put them in a position where they will be best prepared to live whatever life that they're going to live and do whatever they're going to do in this world. I love so that. What? Yeah. Thank you. And you have uh, a... You have a, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and you have a great post on Simple Homeschool called Homeschooling to My Child's Strengths, where you go into yes. that a little bit more. Yes. So we'll put that in the show notes so that everybody can That's read great. it. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. 
but no, I was just going to go into what that looks like for the two of them. Yeah. So again, I have two very different learners. My older um, son was is was hyperlexic. He started reading at two and a half without anyone ever showing him how. And my youngest is ten and still reading at a first grade level. So that's that's kind of the range of individual um, needs around here. And, and so for my oldest, what that looks like is we spend a lot of time um, focusing on the, um, the special interest that he has. Being on the autism spectrum means that one of the elements of how his brain works is that he gets super, super, super rigidly focused on, on any one or two topics at a time. And there's never more than that. Um, for us right now, it's computers and not just being on the computer, but understanding how they work, understanding what all the components are and that kind of thing. And then we're back on reptiles. For a long time, we were on fish tanks and aquariums. And I'm so glad those are gone. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. My I loved like, your Instagram posts with the fish tanks. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do fish tanks anymore. But you were so good. You did yes, it for such a long time. You did. And that's what I love about you. Yeah. <laughs> Always, you, when, whenever I, I see your Instagram posts or I read your posts, I'm always thinking of how lucky your boys are to have you because if they were in school, and I'm a public educator too, coming from that background, um, it, you're so focused. I mean, they try to be strength-based, but you, you're really focused on catching kids up. So I feel mm-hmm. like kids' self-concept when they're very asynchronous is that they they are very aware of where their weaknesses are. And yes. I think the strength with homeschooling is that you can focus on that strength while building the, the mm-hmm. on the weakness and on the side, mm-hmm. but you're building up their strength and so that they know what they're good at. Thank Whether you. it's fish tanks or computers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, no, it's, it's a gift, I think. Thank you. Well, the hardest part about that, I will say, Actually, there's two hard parts. The first hard part that maybe some moms are thinking right now that I want to address is, well, if you only focus on the strengths, then what happens to the weaknesses? Like, how do you how do you catch up? And so that's that's the the lead into the second part. But what I will say is that going back to that research that Gallup did, um, what they found, and they actually tested this in adults and they tested it in school children, is that when you only focus on what needs to be remediated, so what the weakness is, you get a certain amount of improvement in the weakness and kind of a constant in the strength. So you, you do get a little bit of improvement. What they found is when you focus on the strength, the learner eventually learns how to apply whatever you know, mental process they're applying to the strength to what their what their weakness is or what needs to be remediated. And overall, the improvement in every category is exponentially more than had you focused just exclusively or, you know, devoted most of your time to remediation. So the good news is, is that I, I feel pretty confident that even the things that aren't natural will eventually get there if I continue to um, help my children learn how to learn, help my children learn what motivates them to learn, help them um, understand the steps that they take in order to learn something so that when they get to a point where they're super motivated to know how to multiply in their head, and I don't know if they ever will be, thank goodness that we live in the technology age that we do, and they'll probably have a calculator in their pocket. The hardest part about doing it is finding ways to incorporate in um, the things that they do just need to learn. There are certain things that need um, sort of scaffolding in order to to keep them 
um, on track to be able to apply their learning. So when it comes to remediation with my oldest, um, again, math is something like he literally has dyscalculia, like it's not his thing. And so the only way that I do math with him is by tying it into his special interests. So we will find um, you know, word problems about the Amazon River Basin because that's where the dart frogs come from. And, or we'll say, you know, let's say the dart frogs have babies and they do, you know, they have X amount of babies every year for the next three years. How many babies are you going to have at the end of three years? So we do very real time, everyday math. I have no illusions about um, either of them becoming calculus professors in the future. And so <laughs> I feel pretty confident that, um, you know, we're still making a little bit of headway and a little bit of traction in math, but, you know, he's doing, he's doing college level physics right now. And as long as he has a calculator to get through that, then we're good. So that's my oldest. Um, what does it look like with my youngest? My youngest is probably the one that stretches me to really, really think out of the box. He's the one doing math on the trampoline and stuff like that because he is a very um, tactile, kinesthetic learner. He, if he's going to retain the information, it's going to be because he moved and had something like in his hands while he was learning it. Um, and so he has really challenged me to think about ways to incorporate in um particularly the the reading piece, the part that is that is um, is a weakness that needs to be remediated. The difference with that particular need is that with someone who is dyslexic, um, they need a very specific, um, comprehensive, and consistent approach to learning to read. That's not something that I feel like he will easily be able, I mean, I think he probably could go back and, and come up with the basics if he had to when he's like 16 and figures out that I might need to fill out a job application at some point, but that would put him, that would put him in a very difficult position and it's like not even fair. And so what I've tried to do is take what I know are his strengths and apply them to the the reading lessons that he needs to accomplish. So we spend a lot of time, um, you know, the, the other day I had flashcards all over the floor of sight words and he was in the desk rolly chair rolling back and forth to the different words that I was calling out. So, you know, about, it. and he would have to roll himself over to about, but um, but you know, it works. And when he, he was struggling, this is my favorite story about this child. And this is really when the light bulb went on that I was going to need to like, not only be patient and give him, give him a lot of time, but would also need to figure out how to teach him a little bit differently is, um, he was really struggling with identifying. I mean, this was all the way up until probably first or second grade, identifying the difference between a capital H and a capital I. And it made me nuts. Like, it was like one of those, it's an H, it's an I. Like, how many times can we do this? You've been learning the alphabet since you were three. Like, you're eight now. Five years of the alphabet. And the sad <laughs> thing is, is that he feels that way too, right? Like, he knows yeah. he's seen this a hundred times. And he knows that he's not getting it. And, and that, you know, his brother's just in there zipping through a book like no one's business. He's very well aware. He sees his friends, you know, all of that. And so what finally happened uh, one day in his own frustration, he looked at me and he said, I don't, what do you want it to be? I don't know. It could be an H, it could be an I. And I realized that if you take a capital I and you turn it on its side, it looks like a capital H. Mm -hmm. And so what he felt like I was doing 
was saying like, okay, the chair's tipped over, but now it's no longer a chair. We're going to call it something else, you know? And to him, he's like, but it's still a chair. Like you just tipped it over, but you still, but still a chair. And so what I did was we got out Play-Doh and I, I said, go ahead and make the H and look, it's just a little bit different. It's not as wide as the eye is when you tip it over on its side. And once he was able to create it himself, not write it, but create it himself with his hands. And then, you know, we let him dry and he had them and he could manipulate them. He could touch them. Never had an issue with H and I again. And that was that moment where I was like, it's not that he's not capable of learning it. It's that I have to be intentional about how he's learning it in order for it to sink in. And that's not his, his problem. That's, that's my problem, right? As his teacher, I need to come up with ways that make sense for him to learn. such a great thing, but I will say this too. It, it is really hard. It's yes. really hard. And I, I don't want to, um, I never would want to give any mom listening to this, the impression that this is like, um, amazingly simple and super fun all the time. And look, we're rolling on the floor in this chair. Cause it's not like every day. I feel like I struggle, um, with my own idea of how education should be and how um, learning should be. And I think part of that is because it does look so different and I don't really have a ton of comparisons. Like I see my friends who I adore and their kids who I adore and our homeschool looks nothing like theirs. Like not even one part of it looks anything like what I see my friends doing. Um, and you know, I, I remember what it was like for me when I was in school and (laughs) because I think God has a sense of humor. I loved (laughs) school. I loved worksheets. I loved practicing handwriting. I loved, I think I saw something recently, um, on Facebook that said the difference between a bright learner and a gifted learner. And the gifted learner is the one that like comes up with new ways. And the bright learner is the one that's just so happy to like do all the things the way that they already exist. I apparently was not gifted. I think I was bright (laughs) because I, I loved everything about it. I mean, that's why I wanted to become a teacher because it was the best environment in the world as far as I was concerned. And so you take that sort of heart and you put it into this situation and I'm constantly battling the, first of all, the frustration. Like I would love to just give them a worksheet every once in a while. That would be fantastic. Um, but it really, it wouldn't, it would be a disaster, but in my head, it would be fantastic if they would just sit down and do what I want them to do. Um, and I, I also, uh, just battle the doubt of, am I doing this right? Does this count? Like, really, is it okay that he's bouncing around on the trampoline from one number to the next and adding them in his head? Or, you know, is he going to fail in life because he's not really learning how to write out a complicated math problem on his own, you know? Um, Go ahead. I think it's, I think it's hard when you've been in school. I mean, think of how long we were in public school ourselves. And so that's so ingrained in you as being Mm -hmm. the right way that to, to have to deviate from it feels funny. Um, And I just loved, you have a post up on Simple Homeschool this week and talking about how your homeschool is different. And I loved the line, our homeschooling may be different, but it's not less. Right. And how you went into learner-centric 
homeschooling. And it was mm-hmm. just, I think, I think a lot of people are going to be touched by that if they haven't read it already, because it isn't less, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell myself that every day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I do like, as I'm talking to you guys, as I'm, as I'm planning out our homeschool years, I'm thinking about what I want to accomplish as I'm thinking about what they've already learned and what we've been able to accomplish. Um, and, and how impressed I am with these kids and what they're able to do, you know, despite all the things that we could list about them is, is encouraging. And I still have to remind myself in the moment when it's, you know, 11, 30 and we've done one thing and it's taken, you know, two hours to read five sentences. And you know what I mean? Like I still have to remind myself just because it's different doesn't mean it's less. Or when I see the pictures right on Facebook of the kid perfectly sitting at the table and they look so cute and they've got all their schoolwork out and mom's like smiling and I, you know, I, I turn I, butter. Yeah. Right. I have to say, that that works for them and it does the reason why I took my children out of the school system is because a typical school environment doesn't work for them like that's the whole reason why we're doing this so why would I recreate it like why am I so desperate to recreate it at home so it's amazing how how homeschool does a number on you as a mom I feel like I've learned more about myself than I ever will know about my own children as a result of doing this for sure yeah well you mentioned um you know, that you have these great friends and that Mm -hmm. you know that their homeschooling looks different. Um, Mm -hmm. Kate and I were talking about how it can be really tricky sometimes to find that community. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be hard for everybody, you know, (laughs) Um, kind of no matter what your homeschool looks like, it can be tricky. Um, We we talked about that in the previous podcast, you know, where you might find a co-op and then want to run for the hills, you know, after the first meeting, because you're like, this is, (laughs) no, yeah, this is not going to work for us. Um, So what about, um, and and of course, the big thing with homeschooling, right? Everybody asks you is socialization, Socialization. you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, so, um, I mean, how have you gone about finding families, um, and community? Okay. Um, well, here's the interesting thing about socialization because my oldest son is on the spectrum and my youngest has the processing, uh, differences that he has. It's a constant question at every therapist appointment I go to every doctor's appointment that we have. Um, I feel like I am, I am answering this question, uh, you know, on a regular basis because it's, it's a thing, right? Like there's, there's a very sort of prescribed idea of how you socialize a child that is struggling with socialization. And here, look what I did. I pulled them out of the school system and away from all the kids that they're supposed to socialize with. How are they ever going to be social? And so my answer to that question, um, is, is, I, I wish I could say that this was my intent. It wasn't, but here's what I've learned. Through the course of homeschooling, we have found 
a lot of people that don't work with us, and we have found a select few families that are just great fits for us. And yes, they approach homeschooling differently. I would say in the mix, uh, there's probably five families, I would say. So five you know, sets of kids that, that we get together from time to time. And actually, the moms love each other now, too. So, um, so we can hang out, which is amazing. That's always is, great when that works out. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good. It would be like the three of us. If the three of us could hang out, even though your yes. children don't, you know what I mean, don't yeah. have the differences that my children oh, you, have, but you I know bet it, it would be work. fine. It would be amazing. Our yeah. kids would be great, right? It's just sort of a similar outlook, I think, that mm-hmm. um, that makes the difference, not necessarily the approach to homeschool or kind of the individual ways that everybody's doing their thing. Definitely. It's acceptance. Yeah, exactly. And so what I have found um, for my sons in terms of socialization is that they this is a better environment for them to learn to socialize in than anything I could possibly imagine. I either in school or in, you know, social skills groups and that kind of thing. And the reason why is because, first of all, it's it's um, contained. It's not a large group of children. There's never more than probably four or five kids around at any given time, which makes it a lot easier for both of my children to engage. Not having sort of the chaos that comes from mm-hmm. a, a large amount of children altogether is a really, really good thing for them. And then the second thing is, and probably the most important thing, is that it takes them time to warm up, to find ways to engage and have conversations with and connect with other children. And um, homeschooling does that. Like we, if we're meeting up with another family, we're probably hanging out for a good two hours or so. And you know, in a social skills group or in the school system, you have maybe, I mean, maybe on the best day, 45 minutes of active engagement with other kids. So it gives them more time to, you know, maybe struggle a little bit if they need to, or, or try different things if they need to, and have the kids respond to them the way that they need to, and, and ultimately figure it out. The other piece is, is that we've been friends with these families now for um, four years, so they've had a long time to assimilate, I guess, into this environment and to get to know these kids. And, and the kids don't go away. It's not like we get to the end of the school year and then we go out for the summer and there's a different set of kids because we're doing different things. And then we come back and now we have a new school year and we have to start again. They never start again. Like they just, I feel like they're able to develop more meaningful relationships with other children um, we've been so, um, just overwhelmed and blessed to see the way that these families have responded to our kids, because the truth is, is that as they're getting older, their differences are a lot more apparent than they were back when they were younger. It's just, it's just the reality of, of what happens as kids mature, but because they've known each other since they were little, it's kind of like cousins. I feel like, um, all of them are, are so genuinely um, just kind to my kids. Now, how did I find that? I know that's what a lot of moms will ask. We we fell into it. I'm sorry to say. And there have been plenty of moms that didn't, did, they just did not work out. Let's put it that way. But th- these are the ones that stuck. And I think it's a matter of either, you know, I, I have enough on my plate. And so God said, let's just get her a little bit of support so she can function. Um, that's probably part of it. And I, I also think, um, 
the other piece of this is, is that I'm an introvert. My kids are introverts. We don't need a ton of time with other people. And so it kind of works out well that, you know, in this group of, of moms that I'm talking about, they probably spend 75% more time together than they do with us. And, and we're good with that. Like it works really well for us to not do all the things and just choose the the handful of things that make sense for us and that um, work for their kids and, and just be good with that. So um, I think if I were different and I wanted to be out and about all the time, or if my children were different and they wanted, you know, a large group of friends that they could be with all to all at all times, we would be in big trouble. So it just has, I'm grateful that it has worked out the way that it has worked out. And, and socialization is honestly, like the last thing that I'm worried about at this point with these kids, there's, there's a thousand other things I would put on the list right now before I would say, I wonder how they're going to be able to make it in the world. So I love that. I know that there's, um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about when you have children with special needs and, you know, the public tends to think, but if they were in school, they would be on an IEP and they would be getting all these special services. Um, have you had to deal with naysayers Oh friends, family, public. Um, yes. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I write, honestly, that's one of the reasons specifically why I write about homeschooling and not just, you know, kind of the heart of a mom with children that have, um, that have differences when with both of my children, when we found out that, um, you know, it was kind of official now, right. That there was officially a diagnosis for both of them. Almost immediately, one of the first questions that I was asked by almost everyone, I mean, family, friends, um, doctors, therapists, like you name it, was, well, now, when are you going to put them back in school? Like, you're going to, obviously, you're going to have to put them back in school because we were already homeschooling for a year before we um, were able to get in for evaluation and, and get the ball rolling on all of this. And And here's what I will say. I think... Kate, maybe you can identify with this because you have worked in the school system before. When I would first get asked those questions, there was part of me that was a little bit, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, the the (laughs) kindest word. I, I was a little taken aback because I, there was, what I had been operating against is now that I know they have special needs, I have to homeschool them. Like I know the school environment is, is likely not going to be the best place for them mm-hmm. because of the experience that I had. Right. And so I was coming from a very different place when anyone would well-meaning person would ask me that question. I was like, what are you talking about? Like uh, that would be the last thing I would do now that we know this information. <laughs> But, you know, as time has gone on, I do understand, you know, the the impetus of the question, which is when you have learning differences and you have um, very specific needs for a child that um, that does just see the world differently and, and interact in the world differently, you do have to have a very specific um, way of, of approaching that child and engaging with that child and helping him learn um, in, in the best way that he can. And so... What, um, the way that I answer that question now, and it's the reason why I wrote my last book, Special Education at Home, is just simply saying, um, you know, for, for my two children, um, I, I am confident that the best place for them to be 
is in an environment where they can have very individualized instruction. And when people bring up IEPs, I, I say like that's the point of an IEP. An individualized education plan is individualized. And as much as a teacher in school wants to be able to implement that sort of one-on-one -on -one or with a singular focus on the child that has the IEP, the truth is, is that they have many children that have IEPs that all look very different. If you think about just right. my two kids, think about me trying to individualize just between the, the differences between my two children. I feel like I'm running around all day long, back and forth like a ping pong ball. Um, it's, it's just simply not possible. Now, um, I, I will say that because of my, um, because of my children's learning differences, I have had to be very intentional about educating myself. I don't think that this is something that you can just sort of wing, um, mostly because I, I think you would you would go crazy without more information to know how to help them. I think as as a mom, not having information about what's going on with them was a lot more difficult than knowing, having the diagnoses, having um, some education around it, and that type of thing has made it easier. So I do spend a lot of time. Um, educating myself, reading books about um, the different um, sort of neurological things that are going on with them, reading books about um, about IEPs. I have an IEP that I've created for each child. It looks very similar to what I would have done in school, just so I feel like I'm addressing all of what's going on with my children, that I'm not leaving anything out. Um, I have to give a plug just very quickly to Marianne Sunderland's website, Homeschooling yes. with Dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. I'm not sure. I know. I'm not sure how I would do this without her. Like the dyslexia component in particular, for any of the listeners that, that don't know, she has like seven kids that have dyslexia and her husband's dyslexic. And so... She has spent like a lifetime helping dyslexic children learn to read at home. And she has created basically parent um, classes. They're like webinars that you can take that walk you through step by step the process of how to very specifically uh, educate a, a dyslexic child and help them learn how to read. And that alone... Um, feels like I went through a whole college course year. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, and it's applicable to every single day when I'm sitting down with my son. So, I mean, the truth is, is that when I talk to people that are in the school system, when I talk to other teachers, other special education teachers, other, um, you know, mainstream teachers that are dealing with kids that have needs like my sons, oftentimes I'm, I'm more educated about it than they are because mm -hmm. I can just learn about the disorders that I'm dealing with. I don't have to be sort of a, a, a jack of all traits, but a master of none. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I can right. very intentionally focus my own education on what my kids need. So it's completely doable and completely possible to be um, an expert at home. In fact, it's it's probably easier than than one would think because we're with these kids every day. Um, you know, I, I see the differences, I see the gaps, I see what's working, I see what's not working, and I'm better able to apply the information that I've learned from books than um, someone who's only with them during the course of a school day and has a bunch of kids, you know, during the course of time with them as well. So I love that. I yeah. like to think of homeschooling as 
you know, in when I was in schools working with IEPs, individualized education plans, homeschooling is that. If you think yeah. about it, we are individualizing the education to each specific mm-hmm. child in a way mm-hmm. that you can't in school. So even yeah. the best IEP is not going to match, in my opinion, what you do at home with your child that you know the best. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there there might be, we keep mentioning simple homeschool posts, but, you know, it's a great resource. Didn't sure Jamie is. write? Didn't Jamie write a post about that a long time ago? Like all children have special needs. Like, yes. Yeah. It's uh, like yeah. that's what we do at home is mm-hmm. we focus on what our children need and we figure out ways to accomplish that. And honestly, even though we say, "Oh my gosh, my homeschool looks so different," because it does. Like if you're going to take a picture of it, it does. The reality is, is that it's really not that different. Like I feel like every mom I meet that's homeschooling their children is trying, actually, even if you don't homeschool, I think every mom that I meet is trying to figure out the best way to help their kids. Mm -hmm. Is trying to figure out the best way, you know, to get them from point A to point B or to encourage them in some particular aspect of of what's going on with them. And it, it, that in and of itself, that foundation is exactly the same from one mom to the next. It's just how it plays out and, and what it looks like when I'm meeting my children's needs that might be a little bonkers. But um, (laughs) reality is, is that a mom is a mom is a mom and a kid is is a kid is a kid. Like we all have, um, you know, our own unique personalities and needs and, and things that get in the way and things that work really well. And we're all just trying to figure this out. So... When Kate and I were talking, we were like, oh, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one, and you are... I forgot about that one. Everywhere. You're at the Huffington Post. You're at the Mighty. You're at For Every Mom. You've been on Today.com. Autism Speak. Yeah. So um, we're going to have a huge list of... Our favorite Shauna posts in the show notes um, for episode six. This is episode six, and you can find them at thehomeschoolsisters.com. I mean, you've written, you know, oh, it's simple homeschool, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when you talked about worksheets, you have one up there, you know, when worksheets (laughs) don't work. And um, we love your posts, too, like, um, you know, when church hurts, the one that's on your site. that's how I found you originally. Yeah, yeah. It just I remember spoke Kate. so strongly to me. Yeah, and and dear mom at Target. Yes. <laughs> you make me cry and to sometimes. The mom on JetBlue. Yeah, you make me cry sometimes, but yeah. but in a good way because I just I feel like what you're doing is so important um, to help other moms feel like they're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. It's hard some days. And we're all just doing the best we can. And you're always so encouraging. So, and it's refreshing to find someone real who's transparent about the difficulties and that it isn't all sunshine and roses. And yeah, you know, that's that was one of the commitments that um, that I made, sort of to myself and out loud to my husband when we were talking about me starting up the blog, was that if I couldn't. If we weren't in a position where we were willing to share all of it, then then we weren't going to share. Like we weren't going to do it. There was there wouldn't be a reason to start this blog because I do I did feel at the time, and this was you know a while ago. It was probably four or five years ago. Um, there were a lot of blogs that were kind of the the really pretty parts <laughs> of 
of what this looks like. And then there were blogs that were horribly negative. I mean, like I I came across a blog that was like the F word and then autism. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Now here's the deal. Like I get it. I feel both of those things, right? I have the like snow white Mm -hmm. moments where the birds are chirping and it's like, my sons are beautiful creatures and they're made exactly the way they should be. And then I have, I have the F autism moments too, right? But I yeah. just, I, I, I'm crying as you're talking about the posts that, that have um, resonated with you because I feel like that's the point of all of this is to just be as real and as honest about what's going on and at the end of the day, um, hopefully encourage moms that if nothing else, even on my most like depressing post ever, you're not alone in feeling this way. Like this is the more I vlog and the more people I meet and the more I get into this, the more I realize that there is, um, there is a lot more that's similar than dissimilar about my life. And that, mm-hmm. you know, things that I think are only me or only my children, it's amazing how not true that is. And so yeah. that's good. That's, that's exactly what, what I hope will happen and what I want to have happen when I'm sitting down to write anything. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, it's so fun talking to you. I feel like we could Yay. talk for hours and hours. Will you come back and talk with us sometime? No, <laughs> we make that play date happen. Yeah. Yes. I would love for us all to hang out and have the kids just run wild someplace. <laughs> yes. yes. We'll have I to find it. someplace in the middle, which I have no idea where that is because I know. <laughs> we're all over the map, but thank goodness for the internet, you know, I love um, it. for bringing us all together. Um, so, okay. So I, I, um, I, we, we wanted to give you a heads up about this because it's something we just started. Um, yeah. Kate and I have been sharing something that's just bringing us happy. I mean, we need those things. All of us need mm-hmm. something that's going to bring us some joy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, on the hard days when we just want to... <laughs> <laughs> go to bed and and hopefully have a better day tomorrow. I'm from the world. Yes. <laughs> so, is there something like that in your life right now? Well, here's the thing. There's always coffee and yoga pants. Like those will always be <laughs> like my salvation. My boyfriend is coffee. Like that's how I roll. Um, but honestly, one thing that I have been loving, loving, loving lately is the fact that my children play Pokemon Go. <laughs> Yes. Because I'm not kidding. Because there's a park in walking distance from our home. And it's like a whatever, like a lure or whatever, like all the Pokemon are at the park. And so we walk up there now every night after dinner. It's like cooler outside, so I feel like I can breathe and it's not, you know, so overwhelmingly oppressive from the heat, but they go and they'll like walk and play and sit and be at the lure. And I can bring a book and read and it's nice outside and it's not too crazy. Like normally the park with my children is not like that because they are so different. My youngest is like, I'm worried about him falling out of a tree and, um, you know, or jumping off the top of the structure. And my oldest is like, there's sand in my shoes and it's just not fun. Like it's never fun. And like Pokemon Go is the unifier. Like, I don't know (laughs) what it is, but both of them love it. They'll laugh together. They'll play together. They'll run around together. They're still getting exercise, even though it's technology. And like for the first time I can be a mom at the park kind of checked out, like not all over everything. And we do it every night. It's like a respite. I like, I love it. It's amazing. So thankfully Thank you, Pokemon Go, whoever yes. created it. You yeah, blessed me. I love that. 
with your creator. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, something, (laughs) something that you, um, like one of my favorite tips I've gotten from you is, you know, to, um, drive in the car and, um, listen to audiobooks and go get ice cream. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that we do a lot, especially when it's like, we need to reset and things just aren't mm-hmm. going well or whatever. We jump mm-hmm. in the car with a good audiobook, and now we've added Pokemon Go to that. Yeah, um, right. Where then we'll because we we don't have a park within walking distance, but we have one within driving distance. So then we can right. drive, can and we can that. also do that. Or there's yeah. even a couple of places like the college campus where we can sort of drive really slowly around the sure, circle. sure, right. I get it. And we do the same thing, Kara. We do yes. exactly the same thing, I and it's you. fantastic. And um, I think. Kate, you and I talked about this in another episode where it's like, you know where your kids are. You know they're fine because right. they're in the backseat. Right. You don't have to stress right. about that. You can let that right. like go. Um, you can listen to a good audiobook at the same time. And there's ice cream. So yeah. it I can't mean, be that bad. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. So Kate, what about you? What's making you happy right now? Okay. So, to, well, one main thing. We had um, an illness. We have the belly bug in our house right now. So it was a lot of... Um, it was kind of a crummy week, but I feel especially thankful for the Olympics oh, yeah. in light of that. Mm-hmm. But also just because I feel like there's so much negative stuff on TV that I don't ever want to turn it on. And it's been so refreshing to sit with my kids and cheer on these fabulous <laughs> people. It's been like, it's distracted us from, you know, things within our house and things within our world. And we've had a lot of fun. And then, um, because last week you were teasing me that I was choosing something homeschooly, I'm going to also choose <laughs> inappropriate, which is that (laughs) after we put the kids to bed, um, my friend had sent us on Facebook that video of the divers with the Australian guys. Oh, yes. (laughs) Have you seen that? (laughs) Okay. So we had had the crappiest day, you know, dealing with kid throw up and stuff. And then we watched that after the kids were in bed. We were laughing so hard. We had tears streaked down our face. So I don't even know if that's something you can include in show notes. <laughs> Wait, is wanna... this is this the one where they look like they're censored accidentally, or is this something else? No, well, that too, that happens. Okay, it's an Australian guy who talks over it as he's diving. So the, there are these failed dives, basically. Okay, okay. And it's horrible. <laughs> so funny. Funny, and it just we—it was just what we needed when you just mm-hmm. had a crappy day, and then that mm-hmm. show. You're like, she sent me this. What is this? And you, you watch it, and you weren't expecting it, and we were just belly laughing. So I love it. Related to Olympics. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we'll have <laughs> to find a way to link to that because now I have to see it. <laughs> right. I can send it to you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. What about you, Kara? <laughs> okay. So you know how sometimes you you hear about a book and you get a book and you start it and you're like, yeah, this is a good book, you know? And then you put it on the shelf for a little while. And then one day you just like pull it back off the shelf. And okay. So I was reading carry on warrior by Glennon Doyle Mm -hmm. Melton this week. And I was literally at the pool. I was laughing so hard that the lifeguard was like, what? is wrong. Like, like, <laughs> I, was laugh- I was laughing out loud. I was doing the ugly snort laugh. Like it was, it was bad. And it's, it's just been a really perfect book right now for just so many yeah, reasons. So I've just, I've really been enjoying that book again. And I saw that she has a new one out called Love Warrior. So now I want to get that mm-hmm. one, but it starts out and it's a little bit, 
it's not so laugh out loud funny because she's talking mm-hmm. about overcoming addiction and having some, and she does it in a funny way, but still mm-hmm. serious right. topics. But then I don't know. She just has this thing where she's <laughs> talking about her, her grandmother <laughs> <laughs> getting lost and having it. to like go back to her house in order to start over. <laughs> and it just killed me at the pool. So yeah. <laughs> So that that book is bringing me joy and talking to you guys because this is so fun. Me too. All week. Yes. Yeah. And thank you so much, Shauna, for joining us. It's been really, really fun. One hundred percent, my pleasure. Absolutely. Yay. Okay. So we're gonna do it again sometime soon, right? I'll be here. Let me know. I'll be here. Okay. (laughs) Well, have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay. And enjoy the Olympics. Yes. Oh, we will. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Right. Bye, ladies. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.